This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I'm sorry. You apologize too much. Uh, um, sorry about that. I knew your father. My father left the week I was born, so... Your father died yesterday on the rooftop of the Metropolitan Building. Sorry. <laughs> Look, the liquor aisle's just over there, so... If you your father go... was one of the greatest assassins who ever lived. The man who killed him is behind you. This is an action movie Rewind Friday here oh, on yeah. Mackie and Judd. We're going to dive into Wanted very shortly. We'll wrap with Roycey later on. And uh, we're going to start the show off. Mike Zimmer addressed the Vikings, and uh, we have some thoughts on that. But let's talk about our friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota here on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Summer is not officially here until, like, another week from now based on the calendar. But based on the fact that it was a swampy 100 degrees heat index last week, I think we can officially say that summer is here. And that means 0% interest for 60 months on all certified pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s as part of a deal at Luther to kick off the summer. Also, all hybrids now has 0% financing as well, and that means you can save gas because hybrids are very gas efficient and save a little bit of money as well. These have been friends of my family for going on 30-plus years. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I'm thankful for the platform, you know, that I've, that I've been given. Um, these issues are very real. We need, to, we need to educate ourselves as much as we can, but we have to do it together. You know, we, we, must, we must continue to, to combine forces. You know, more minds are greater than, than, than just one. This was Mike Zimmer's quote. As told by Amir Abdullah in a in a Zoom chat yesterday with local Vikings writers. So Mike Zimmer got on a, a Zoom call with, this is after Eric Kendricks uh, put out multiple statements. Uh, Mike Zimmer got on a Zoom call with all of his players to address the social and racial injustice conversation that has sort of swept the nation these last two weeks. Zimmer said, according to Amir Abdullah, I don't understand, and maybe I haven't given this as much attention, but I love every single one of you guys, and I'll fight for you like you're my sons. When you guys saw that quote coming out and heard that quote coming out, what were what were your initial impressions? It's June. Let's see it in season. Let's see it when it matters. Let's see it. Are, are you going to put people and your players and, and what is clearly uh, incredibly, Phil, um, a big, important social justice platform, are you going to put that above games? So if players flat out come out and say, we're kneeling, are Spielman and Mike going to be like, you know what, that's cool? Or are they going to try and shape things with like, well, how about we do this or that? I need to see this um, throughout the course of the regular season 
And I need to see this with an acknowledgement that this is more important than, than the games themselves. So if on a Wednesday before you play the Packers, if Anthony Barr thinks something is important in his world and he wants to discuss that, are you going to say, you know what? A year ago, I probably would have told you don't, but now it's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I I need to see this this in air quotes for now. I need to see this love translated to when things are incredibly important football wise, and you're able to put the football stuff aside and say, you know what? Now now is the time where there are things more important than football games. That then. And only then, and th- this is not just a Vikings thing, Phil. This is a league-wide thing. Then I buy it. I think we're still gonna. I think we're still gonna have kneeling players. In, in fact, uh, Judd, you found this. Adrian Peterson said kneeling is definitely coming back, and he will be kneeling himself. So he has already said, "Hey, I, I'm kneeling." I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other. There's probably going to be more players kneeling if there is. If there isn't some sort of quantifiable progress, um, and I and and I don't know what quantifiable progress means to Eric Kendricks, what it means necessarily to Adrian Peterson. And, and some of the problem is there needs to be a little bit more clarification maybe, but, um, but I, I think there's going to be more kneeling and I think we're going to have to go through the same exercise of, it is not about disrespecting the military. This is your interpretation. This is our interpretation. This is what the real message is. But I loved Mike Zimmer's statement. I think Mike Zimmer's statement is one that we can all learn from, especially as white dudes from, you know, from Minnesota, I love the fact that he he opens his statement by saying, listen, I don't really get this because I'm white and I have my own background and I've never had to go through any. I've never had to worry about what happens if I get pulled over by a police officer or, you know, I've never had to worry about growing up in a poverty stricken community with very little chance to reach my you know 99th percentile as a human being professionally or personally. Mm-hmm. But. I know that I love you guys, and I know that he didn't say this explicitly, but I know that 75 to 80% of my locker room is black. I can relate to you guys on a football level. I can't relate to you guys on a life level, but I'm here to understand, and I'm here to learn is what I gather from this statement, and I love it. Like, my, like we can all learn from Mike Zimmer's statement here, and I, there's just been so much consternation about, you know, even like, and I don't want to make this about us or me, like I spent the whole morning just like responding to people who were mad that we spent a week last week talking about political issues and social issues. And it's like, if you don't see at this point how politics and social issues and racial issues intersect with sports, not only now, but literally since sports began, you know, go back to the Olympics 70 years ago, go back to black power in the 1970s, um, I, I think if you're if you're trying to pull apart politics and social issues from your entertainment, right, that ship has sailed and the toothpaste but, is out of the tube. But are we going to see it now in season when, when you're worried about wins and losses and you sit down at your desk and say, you know what, the most important thing is not that it's the players themselves; it's what the players want. But if and, you're if you're a coach, like is there is it any? hindrance to your job as a coach if you're if 10 of your players decide to kneel football coaches traditionally and this might change football coaches dismiss distractions because they hate distractions they they over they overcompensate by saying we can handle distractions because they can't so what i need to see now is if you consider you know if if something flares up or something occurs in november and and you lose sight of that sunday's packer game because a bunch of your players find this important to talk about, 
do you say, you know what, that's fine? Because that needs to be the response now, at least, at least for now. If if we're, I I am traditionally and for the most part, anti athletes should be role models who talk about society and poly. But in this case, they've got an important platform, and I think if they want to, and that's the most important thing. If you if you do not want to address this, and you're a player, I don't think that anybody should be like, I can't believe this guy is not talking about this subject but if you if if Eric Hendricks or Anthony Barr or anybody else in this league says you know what this is damn important and I'm going to talk about it what I need to see coaches do now and traditionally they don't consistently do this is back off well I think there's a reasonable this is the NFL's problem and this is this is the problem with the commissioner throughout the years and this is the problem with team owners and coaches is that they're they're so rigged the NFL is so rigid Correct. and it's so regimented and it's shield over individual right correct and the nba has often been sort of the other way around where it's like it's a star-driven league and really like lebron james runs the league more than the owner of the uh atlanta hawks or or whatever team which the team and the league gets and i applaud them for that right the nfl is a little bit different and i think like ultimately if you zoom back out the nfl is so worried that players are going to alienate like 50% of the fans mm-hmm. through this miscommunication about what the, what the kneeling is, right? Like that's it, the NFL is terrified yes. that it's 50% of its core base is going to, is going to be like, well, I'm I, you're disrespecting my father who fought in a war by kneeling during the national anthem. Like we're just ramming our heads against brick walls. And so my response to the Vikings or the, and the Vikings seem like they're doing a great job of saying, listen, we, they've donated millions of dollars. The head coach is out here saying, I don't really get this, but I want to hear you. You are important to me. You have a different worldview based on your upbringing and based on everything that's happened historically to your people than I do. And I am here to listen. And I think that's the least we can all do. But if the NFL really wants to solve something or come to a, a middle ground compromise, they can't just say no kneeling during the national anthem. They have to say, all right, guys, let's level here. Okay. This is getting misinterpreted. It's causing more harm than good. Let's come up with a different way to still make a statement to and to put money into a cause and to right. actually cause meaningful change without but without causing fifty percent of I mean this is this is the conversation that they're going to have. But unlike two thousand sixteen into seventeen now, I also think that they need to as a league accept the losses. And by that I mean there's going to be people who, who object who the reality is they need to say, see you later, bye. You know, if the president, the president is going to use kneeling ASAP again as a platform because his 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 followers love that. You know, you're disrespecting the country. Fire that SOB. The league, starting with Roger Goodell now, needs to stand up to the president and all of the people who say, yeah, the SOB should be fired and say, you know what? That's too bad. Yeah. If you don't if you don't want to watch us, that's your right. But it's our players right. And and I'm not saying that the protests or what the players do should cross some weird line, but I do think that everything that we've seen in the last week or so from the league is now we're going to support the players. What I need to see now is once the season starts and and the games start, do they follow through and support the players? And I think part of that support is telling a certain faction of their fan base, sorry, get lost. Yeah, you're 
I know it's, it's tough, it, but it, yeah, I mean, that's I, what I want to see. But they're trying to avoid telling. This is the hard part. They're trying to avoid telling a faction of the fan base to get lost. Like, know, that's what that's. What I know they are, but this is standing over. This has right cr- to me. This has crossed the line of importance where I can no longer concern. If you thought that Colin Kaepernick was disrespecting the flag and was was out of line b- because of how he treated his country. I'm going to have to tell you, you know what? You got to find something else to yeah. watch. Also, you know, I would add this to cuz I know there's a lot of Vikings fans that are sort of in the same boat of listen, like I don't I just want to I just want to watch sports. Like I just want I just want my football to be politics free and social justice issues free and and I want I want my Mackie and Judd or whatever shows right. I listen to to be just talk about sports and I think the hard part is you got a lot of and it's not just a white black issue, but you've got a lot of white people that are saying I just, uh, I just, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. Right. I, I want to be entertained, or I, I just don't want to deal with this. And a lot of black people are saying, "Well, that's a nice luxury that you have that you can just sort of not deal with this because Correct. we have to deal with this. Correct. And we deal with this and, every single day." And Colin Kaepernick attempted to, and and for the fourteen thousand time, we both agree he did not do this flawlessly. Okay. So this is not saying that he had that that the way that he went about his actions were perfect. But in 2016, he was attempting to raise awareness of an issue. He was basically shouted down, in some cases ignored. And then I think we can all say for sure blackballed by his league. And that's how we got to, in part, not fully, but in part, George Floyd. Because it was dismissed as, oh, he's he's against his country and let's not have him play football anymore. Yeah. And And I just think, as a white guy, who's now obviously uh, taken far more notice of what's gone on in the past month or so. I think in my shoes, this league needs to get to a point now of saying we can't continue. This can't be convenient in June when passions run high and forgotten in October when the coffers are open and the money is flowing in and everybody loves football again. Mm-hmm. This has to be something that that if if the league is serious about its donations and about its platform, this has to be something where they turn to the players as well and say, you know what, we're not in this for a month, we're not in this for a year, we are in this for however long this needs to go on, which unfortunately the answer to that question would be forever. Yeah, I have one more just like comparison, and maybe it's just me like, overemphasizing some of the social media interactions that we've all had on this show the last couple of weeks. And by the way, like I think we've we've tried to bring it like this week we've brought it back to being this is this has been the Mackie and Judge show this week as as you usually hear it. You know, we haven't you know, I think I think part of us we just wanted to come back and have some fun this week, but not not completely ignore what's happening and that's the balance we're trying to strike here cuz Minneapolis is the center point of a national and in some cases international movement right now. And so if you're not talking about it, I don't care if you're a sports show, like if you're not talking about it to some extent, you're putting your head in the sand and I don't think you're doing, you're doing anyone a favor, but the biggest, like the most simplified comparison I can make, if we just, so all three of us are on the Mackie and Judd show here, got Declan producing, Judd and I were the hosts and it would be like if Declan and I feel very strongly about the direction that the Mackie and Judd show is, we love the Mackie and Judd show. And Judd, who is also a citizen of the Mackey and Judd show, says, you guys, no, like, I have a major issue with what's happening on this show right now. A major issue. 
and we were to say, well, dude, you need to, if, if you don't like the direction that our show is going, then you can just maybe go find another show to be on. Well, wait a second. Like, what makes what makes us able to stake more claim to the direction of the show than you? Like, we're all citizens of the show. We all have a voice in what the show should be. Right. And so, if if one of our brethren is saying, "I listen," like this is a major problem for me. I just need you to listen to me and let's find a fix for this. Who are we to say, "Screw you, dude"? No, we're not going to listen to you. Like, then that's sort of what it feels like is happening in the country right now. It's like, well, screw you guys. Why don't you guys pipe down over there, okay? Well, and pipe down. Unfortunately, the stick to sports folks, unfortunately, right now, that time is done. It's just done. Like, I, I appreciate your your passion for stick to sports. Um, but how can you right now? Like, I don't understand how. how There's also no sports happening. Unless yeah. you count my Bundes, my Bundesliga predictions are and, white or, hot. And there was WWE now. or golf. That's it. There yeah. was golf on Thursday. But anyway, how can you. Um, be a human being right now see what's going on in the world as a whole by the way and stay and say yeah but you know what let's just stick to talking sports right now not to mention the very fact that and i applaud this sports are involving themselves in what's going on correct and, and, and they should be locally when one of the them. when one of the best defensive players in the nfl comes out with heartfelt emotional yeah. messages saying you guys this is a huge problem, and it takes a lot for me to come out and, and talk about this right now. And he's crying, and he on doesn't a talk that video, much. right? Like he, he really talk. doesn't. He's crying on a video. Yeah. Eric Hendricks, yes. And when and when the the team itself donates five million dollars, cheap Wilfs, the poll that's donated twenty five million. <laughs> the twins coming but, 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 like, five million. The same day, by the way. <laughs> but the like they're donating millions of dollars. Yep, it's intersecting. It's intersecting, and so um, you know. We're, we're not going to put our heads in the sands. We're not going to do We're not going to do this every day, all day. In fact, we have an action movie rewind to get to. Oh, I'm so excited. Should we, should we get to that right now? Let's do it. Yeah. That's great, bro. Who's the man? I'm the man. Wanted. 2008. This is Declan Goff's. Uh, Declan Goff has chosen this. It's the most modern action movie that we have rewound to to this point. I think there's a, a few other modern ones that we should put on the list that we can talk about later on here. Uh, but we're going to get to action rewind here. Beyond, do those qualify oh, yeah. as the modern yeah. day movies? This was 2008. I would say modern to me is like anything in the last 15, maybe 20, like 2000. There's some stuff between 2000 and 2005 that would probably can be considered not modern. Okay. But there's a, like, oh, I'll throw one out. We have to do San Andreas starring The Rock at some point. Okay. I actually never saw it, so yeah. Skyscraper starring yeah. The Rock. Like, The Rock just, basically The, the rock, rock trying to fix <laughs> massive disasters. Yeah. Was The Rock good, the by the way? What? Was he any good? What kind of a question is that? Did you... The Rock Dwayne Johnson is the, the most legendary wrestler and... Oh, I know that. And no, action I'm movie sorry. actor of all time. I'm, I'm saying in action by movies. This question. I'm saying in movies, not... I'm, I knew Ob- he was a great wrestler. Objectively, he is great in action movies. Okay. He's great. He looks the part. He can act. He was always one of the best actors in the WWE, too. Like, that dude on a microphone from day one in the mid-90s was, like, the one, one of the best of all time. For sure. But, back to Wanted. We're going to dive into that here. Let's talk about... Luther Brookdale toy. Oh, we already did that. Let's talk about Federated here. Federated has been helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota, based in Owatonna. Uh, I know that 
restrictions are being lifted even more this week. I saw a Lifetime Fitness was packed down the street a couple days ago. Uh, Restaurants are now able to seat, I think, 50% capacity inside. And so if you're a business owner, as restrictions start to change, and and who knows, they might change again later this year. We don't know where this thing is headed with, with COVID, this pandemic. You just want to make sure you've got that frontline protection and that peace of mind that you get with Federated Mutual Insurance Company. You get trusted resources you can tap into. Just go to federatedinsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access said trusted resources. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours, Dex. Yeah, a quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. As Phil said, it's a little swampy out there, but th- this last week, 70 degrees, I mean, ideal weather for the ride in the motorcycle and DennisKirk.com is a worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley Cruiser sports bike, dirt bike, or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. Plus, Dennis Kirk has extended their offer of 0% interest for up to 12 months through June 30th. Over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best of the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Please, please, please drive faster. Please, please drive. Please drive faster. Please, please understand that I care about my life. Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Welcome in to another installment of Action Movie Rewind with Mackie and Judd. And Declan, we go around the room and we each we take turns predicting or, or, or picking the movies that we want to uh, review. We'll take suggestions, too. If you have suggestions on which action movies we should review, just send us a tweet at Jay Zolgad, at Phil Mackey, at Dex's tweets. This week's gem from 2008, <laughs> Wanted, starring Angelina Jolie, Morgan Freeman, Common, James McAvoy and Chris Pratt. Actually, a pretty star-studded cast yeah, for this good one. Cast. Really good cast. A $75 million budget that brought in over $300 million at the box office. It is the newest movie that we have reviewed so far on Action Movie Rewind. And here's a summary. This is the plot. Okay. Wesley's life is over. That's James McAvoy. His pathetic old life, anyway. Fortunately, it's all because of a girl. Enter sizzling hot Fox, Angelina Jolie who crashes into his life and introduces him to the fraternity, a secret society of assassins led by the enigmatic Sloan, Morgan Freeman. Seems Wesley's long-lost father was killed while working for the fraternity, and Wesley has been selected to target the rogue member who murdered him. But before he can complete his assignment, Wesley must first uncover the dark secrets behind the fraternity in order to determine his own destiny. 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's start with Declan, because you picked this movie. What is your favorite part about Wanted? Well, it's a tie between everything, obviously. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Is no, that no. what this is going to be now? No, no, not at all. Actually, true story, this is the first movie I ever saw as a midnight release. Like, when this came out on midnight wow. in on June 22nd or whatever it was in 2008, me and my friends hiked all the way out to Egan. I know that, that's really not that far. And we went and saw this at midnight. It was the first ever movie I saw wow. at midnight release. So it, it, wow. it's a little bit, little bit of nostalgia is involved. Favorite part is probably <laughs> when Wesley, like, basically not to spoil the ending, but, like... I mean, I, w- I would assume if, if someone has opted in at this point, yeah. we're, yeah. we're going to spoil everything for yeah. you. 
So when he actually gets all the rats in the truck and essentially blows up everything and just goes on a rampage killing everyone, I think that's probably my favorite part. The armed rats was very, yeah. mm-hmm. very interesting way rats. to, to which, blow up which he learned from the guy he killed. Yeah, by accident. <laughs> by accident. Russian. His, his uh, moniker was. Russian. I, I would say uh, my favorite part of the movie. There, there's some pretty. Well, let me let me let me back it up. I thought this was a terrible movie. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to start there. All right. This was a terrible movie. Yeah. All right. The more I think about it, the more upset I get about the convoluted plot. Yep. About how, like, oddly they rushed certain important parts of the storyline without ex- like, explaining to you, like, what it was. <laughs> yeah. And so I lit, like, I did more, t- I, I spent more time, this is an, this movie was like an hour and uh, 40 minutes or something, hour and yeah. 50 minutes. Yeah. I so spent long. almost as much time. Trying to figure out what the hell the plot was I, after the movie. I, I watching the actual movie. I actually, to that point, called up the Wikipedia page halfway through and started to follow along and yes, read ahead too. to figure out <laughs> what too. the hell they were be, yes. because I was so confused by the plot. Yeah. But but if I read the plot before I saw it um, unfold in the movie. I had a better, I had at least an idea of, oh, okay, that's what they were doing. Okay, actually, can we skip ahead to least favorite part? I do have a favorite sure. part, but I want it, but since we're on this subject, sure. I want I want my thoughts to revolve around my least favorite part, because my least favorite part about the movie is the plot. It's so convoluted oh, it's and twisted. Yeah. So this was, after reading up and just trying to figure out, like watching the movie and reading up, this was my interpretation of the plot, okay? So Wesley is a loser. Wesley has a girlfriend that's cheating on him with his friend from work. He's living in this crappy Chicago apartment that, that's right next to the train. It's like it's this dumpy, horrible life. He's got anxiety. He's taking pills and he's literally ready to kill himself. All right. Yep. So the whole setup is Wesley's just he's a down and out dude working some crappy cubicle job. His boss is terrible and yells at him all the time. Janice. And uh, and it's just a disaster. So he's at the supermarket one day or the drugstore or whatever the hell getting like more anxiety medication. And that's when he runs into Angelina Jolie and at the time we thought was a rogue uh, fraternity assassin that was trying to kill Cross. him, right? Okay, yeah. guy's name is Cross. Cross. So Wesley joins the secret fraternity of assassins that's been around for a thousand years. And their main <laughs> mission is to kill people who show up on the loom of fate list. Okay? <laughs> so the loom, the loom is literally like, textile. it's like a, it's like a, what, what is it? It's, it's like, textile. It's it's textile. It's thread textile. That determines fate is thread textile. And so they've got this massive like thread textile machine in this warehouse in Chicago. And and this <laughs> determines well, fate. It's the loom and it identifies who like which people in the world will create evil and chaos in the future. And and Morgan Freeman is responsible for interpreting the textile code and putting these people on a kill list. So Wesley discovers that his newest target, Cross is actually his father, who is a rogue fraternity assassin who found out that Morgan Freeman, who's the leader of the fraternity, was actually on the kill list himself. So Morgan Freeman, as he's going through, like, in his career as this leader of the assassination fraternity, oh, my God, my my name came up. Well, we, we're not, we're not going to kill me. And so he starts creating fake kill orders to try and cover up for the fact that he's actually the one yes. that's on the kill list, right? Yes. yes. So, uh, so, <laughs> so good. like, it's awful. so good. I mean, it's okay. It's so it's good. So, it's Hold on so a second. Dumb. For, first of all, 
This is the type of film that the Morgan Freemans of the world do so they can do good films. Because he makes enough from this absolute piece of garbage. He probably made like $20 million. Exactly. But, so then he can go out and do indie films yeah. and all he wants because <laughs> he made so much off this film. Second of all, if I wanted to watch any version of this film that I enjoy, it came out nine years before this. It's called Office Space. Yeah. <laughs> The character of Peter, the character of Peter and Wesley are yes. the same guys, and they basically both go on what they dream of as their ideal when, when they get tired. There's no difference between the boss in Office Space and the boss in Wanted. They're the same character. So it would be like if, if so you have Wesley and you have Peter, right? Yes. So So Peter, Peter essentially says, screw his job, and then cr- and sets up this embezzling scam and to steal hit, money from the company, he's right? hypnotized, but yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so he steals money from the company, yes. and Wesley instead just leaves the company to go join an assassination group. They're both having midlife crises. Yeah. They both have and like, both failing relationship losers. lives. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's an it's amazing a, epiphany. That, that it's basically an Office therapy. Space spinoff. Yes. It really it's a is. violent Office Space. That's exactly what it is. But Office Space is one of my favorite films yeah, great, of all time. Really so I would have rather watched that. So even though it wouldn't have fit into the genre. So Wesley's dad figures out that the leader of his fraternity is actually evil and is issuing fake kill orders. And so he leaves the fraternity and makes it his mission to just like disassemble it by killing everyone. And he, he's gone rogue now. And uh, in the meantime, he's overseeing from the apartment across the train tracks. Yeah. He is just living across the street. Wesley thinks his dad died when he but was a they, kid. But they lead you to believe near the start of the film that the guy that gets shot on the rooftop is his father yes. who was a bad guy. Correct. That is correct. Woo. And so, all right, I, I, I don't even like, well, I, can I, can I say this about <clears throat> the film wanted personally? I don't like films like this because it was too close to being based on, on a comic book and I would just never watch those films, but that's a personal criticism that that's not that's not a reason to crap on the film from the point of what the exercise sure. that we do on Fridays is okay so that's my own personal gripe but that's my problem the problem with this film though in the reality of what we do is as Phil said it got so convoluted and here's my but here's my biggest thing the way they went about action itself special effects which by today's standards in that film are not great. At that time, I'm sure they were outstanding. Yeah. In fact, I think it won two Academy Awards. It was nominated for two Academy Awards. Yeah. So anyway, I don't think it meets what we want as far as, as how the film actually unfolded. Putting aside my problems with I just don't like comic books, um, and I'm sorry, I'm all for weird, campy things. But when you use a car to turn your car upside down so you can shoot a guy oh. in a limo through the sunroof, I'm out. Let me let me get this right. I'm out. So in this action movie rewind setting that we're in, it has to have a good plot. It has to have a good plot. That's what I'm asking. It has to have a good plot. I, I would. Here's what I, where I stand on this. I I don't think it has to have a good plot. I, I think it. I think it has to have a discernible plot. And okay. I think I think the plot can't be. And unless I'm just an idiot, like I literally watched this movie and and I'm say I can't believe Judd and I did the same thing. Halfway through, I'm like, 
Okay, the loom of fate. Like it's what? time to look up what they're doing. I don't understand what's <laughs> happening here. I got you. There's like there's only been two or three other movies in my life watching them, and I was just like, one of them was actually uh, Michael Clayton. I got halfway through Michael Clayton, and I was like, what's so, happening in this movie? I don't understand. It this. doesn't have to have a good plot. What what it does, I think, if we would actually sit down and put together, let's say, five points sure. of what we want here. Yeah. The simpler the plot, the better. Commando was perfect because there was no question. They didn't try. This This film reached. This film couldn't decide if it wanted to be campy at times or yeah. serious or if it wanted to weave in. And, and whoever didn't go and take this script back to, to the, the people that wrote it, and took like a red pen and just started drawing X's through scenes and been like, we don't need like, this. First things first. Don't need this. If I'm that guy, if if they hand me this script, the first thing I do is I say, the loom of fate, you guys, like, let's come up with, this is all great. Secret society of assassins yep. that kind of run the world, <laughs> that get rid of people. I love all this stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a secret society for a thousand years. There's a guy who's, who's down and out. He's depressed. He doesn't know that actually his family is involved in this. Like all that stuff is great. And then they get to the part where it's like, okay, well, what is the mechanism for determining over a thousand years who gets killed? And it's like, well, let's take something from a thousand years ago that doesn't make any sense in modern day times and that no one has ever, like, who, no one knows what You could have this simplified is. this in a second. Right. And they could have made it more of a technology-based, they could have said, all right, it's actually, it's like a... It's like a kill list on the internet or something, and they and they only have access to it. And that would have clarified it more for me. I will say, because I, I skipped over my favorite parts of the movie, uh, Judd, Judd glossed over one that was actually my favorite part of the whole movie. My, my, so I thought this movie had some great action scenes. If you, if you just take the great action scenes and you take the great special effects for the time, it's just constant, like, stimulation, right? And uh, the scene where Wesley jumps his car off Angelina and Jolie's car... <laughs> Goes sideways, awful slow motion, shoots that dude through the sunroof is an awesome scene. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's a brilliant scene. Okay, yeah. but th- but then then have his car land upside down. And one thing I really really wanted and didn't get, kill Wesley. Like he's such <laughs> he's such a simpering wimp. Yeah, I was like, just kill him. I have yeah. a thought on that too. I'm not gonna care. In fact, the o- the only person I basically <laughs> didn't want to die was Morgan Freeman because he's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. I actually have a thought on that in a second. But my right. other favorite part of the movie was actually the end, the very end scene, like the last 60 seconds where, so Wesley has lost all the money. They gave him $3.6 million. They said, all your dad's assets. More like Peter, huh? We're, we're giving you all your dad's Lots assets. for you. $3.6 million. And it's all in your bank account, which allowed him to quit his job and join the fraternity. And then when he betrayed the fraternity and, uh, and dis- dismantled everything, the money was back out of his account. He had fourteen dollars in his bank account now, yep. but he still he just doesn't really know what he wants to do. But he's but he has all these skills now to be an, a trained assassin, and so he's like five miles away from his office building. But he puts a lookalike Wesley at his old desk inside the cubicle mm-hmm. with his back to uh, to the shot or whatever. And Morgan Freeman comes up behind him, thinking, "I'm gonna I'm just gonna kill him point blank in the back of his head." And really, it was Wesley that had trapped Morgan Freeman. And I think my favorite part, maybe of the whole movie, is even as unrealistic as it is, with a sniper rifle, and he's he's able to bend bullets even with a sniper rifle, which yep. is amazing. Uh, he sends a bullet through his friend from work's energy drink can, yep. 
all the way through the donut hole of his overweight, Janice. judgy boss, Janice. The worst. And then into the head of Morgan Freeman. This is me taking back control of my life. What the f*** have you done lately? <laughs> James McAvoy, man. That's how it ends. Should have killed him. He was, he was he was a little bit of a weenie. He but like he transforms. He goes from a weenie to basically trained assassin in, in yes. like a week. <laughs> well so, and, and they do and they do do the one thing I will give them uh, for the transition that Declan just talked about, you do get the montage. They do the montage of, of him going from being a complete wimp to being a trained assassin yeah. who can now, you know, hit hit things from from miles away with, as Phil said, bended bullets, which absolutely. Bended bullets with sniper I'm sorry, rifles. I can't do bended bullets. So um, with, with that said, that was definitely one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in the movie. But then I immediately jumped into, well, that doesn't make any sense mode. Not because of the bended bullets, but let's go through this again, okay? Yep. So, so Wesley tricks Sloan, Morgan Freeman, into thinking he's back at his desk, at his old office, at his old job, and he's just sitting there with like his his dress shirt and a tie, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh and so he has he has duped Sloan into coming up behind him and Sloan is shocked when he sees the bullet coming at him. Yeah. And by the way, he can see the bullet coming at him because he also is an elite trained assassin who can slow down time and space yeah. just like Wesley can. It's basically the Matrix. It's like a it's like the yeah. Matrix meets Rocky or something. Okay. How is it possible that Morgan Freeman can be duped this badly by just like a decoy lookalike Wesley right. when he's supposed to be the leader of the stealthiest assassin group in world history? You know why? He is the, he is the stealthiest, the I'll, leader of the stealthiest assassin I'll group in world why. history. The and film, he gets duped like that? I'll tell you why. The film was almost over. <laughs> That's why. It didn't make sense. Like, oh, I got you. Uh, no, seriously. Lured you I, back into the office. And why wouldn't he just kill him if he thought that Wesley was sitting at that desk? And all these guys can bend bullets around buildings right. and stuff. Right. Why Why would you walk in unless you're just that mad at him and you want to, you know, be face-to-face with him, I guess? Maybe, maybe but this goes back to, to when, when, when Wesley's supposed dad gets killed. There's a decoy there, too, right? Be- yeah. Because he's up on the roof and he thinks... Full circle. And, and by the way... I knew that I couldn't stand this film when when Wesley's supposed father at the start is being shot at and he's in an elevator, I believe. Yeah. And he braces himself, his foot against it, jumps out a window, somehow flies through the air onto the roof of another building. Yeah. And then kills like three guys. And then it turns out that those guys are the decoy. And that's when I said to myself, yeah, this isn't going to work. It, it was literally defying gravity, work. bullets, action, exactly blood. Right. Exactly right. You That's an the, action movie. That's an action I, movie. I feel like Declan deserves the floor here because no, Judd okay. and I have clearly right. voiced our thoughts that this right, is. Go ahead, look, look, it's not go ahead. a great movie. I will say that the majority of the reason why I did this is why I had to watch Rambo 3. I wanted to put my pain of Rambo 3 into YouTube. Oh, you did it. And I did it. I was that the credits were incredible. accomplished. The credits were incredible. Mission accomplished. Like I that's how I felt You're back watching on probation Rambo 3. now too. You're I'm your not next on probation. Film, no. Your next film pick. We're going to need 3 from you so we can decide which one Absolutely to pick. Absolutely not. Back no, on, no, no. Back no, on no. probation. No. Back on probation. Yeah, it's not a, a great movie. It's really not. 
but it, it has everything you want in your cheesy, crappy action movie. Blood, action scenes, cars, bullets, blood, a little bit of nudity, but not really. Like, it has everything we, you we, want. We saw Angelina Jolie's, uh, Joel, Jolie's backside. Too much, or, yeah. or a stunt woman. Or a who, stunt woman, one yeah. of the two. It, it would have, I, I would be much easier on this film if the plot had been just one thing. If they hadn't gotten so convoluted. It, it's like, okay, it's it's action, it's special effects, that's all very cool, but here's the thing. The writer needs to be like, okay, you know what, I'll give up five storylines, just give me one. You know, That's it, all I wanted. I, I will say, so I... I'm going to withhold my thoughts on the overall like packaging of the movie for when we give it a rating at the end. So a little little <laughs> teaser there for a few minutes from now. But I do have a bunch of questions still that sort of spin off things that happened in the movie that I want to throw by you guys. Okay. Well, let's let's go back to one thing from the actual movie itself that I need cleared up for me. Sure. So this again, this fraternity, this is these are these are highly trained assassins, and these are highly trained assassins that trained Wesley. They're all better than Wesley. Yeah. Like, they're all better than Wesley. Yes. Really. The uh-huh. guy just started being an assassin like two weeks before, you know. He's been an assassin for like a month and a half or whatever. So when they all kind of realize that, all right, Wesley's on the kill list. They don't know that they are on the kill list yet. They're all on the kill list, as it turns out. But why didn't they all just, why, it's like six on one. Why would they not, why would they not just take him out? Why was it so complicated? They're all standing in the room. Just take him out. It's six now. Angelina Jolie bends a bullet and kills all of them except for Wesley and, and, and they go and they go one on one. Kills herself. Yep. So I didn't really understand that part. Um, do you guys think that something like a fraternity of assassins? I'm not saying people that can actually bend bullets and slow down time, but do you think somewhere in the world there is a secret society of trained assassins that alters history? A thousand percent. I agree with Declan. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. I think, they, I think they killed Jeffrey Epstein, but that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other pod and action movie review. No, yeah. I can tell you who killed Epstein, and it's not a... I can tell you exactly what... Uh, how can I put this nicely? <laughs> District they're in as well. well. Do you think that this group exists? No. You don't think no, that there's... No, I think that there's assassins. Like a black ops, like for black ops, way underground. You don't think there's James Bonds running around? Because I, I think there, I think there want to be. I don't know how effective they are. Yeah, I mean, I could see it sort of. But you wouldn't know how effective they are because yeah. that's their job. But, not, to make but sure I don't know that. I, I, just the decoy. I, I think they come and go is what I think happens. Who, who funds this group? So Wesley, Wesley's dad had three point six million dollars. Just like here's three point six million in your right. bank account from your dad. So obviously, there's multiple millions of dollars worth of resources and salaries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Who funds the fraternity of assassins? I feel like it's wealth that they've just accumulated over time, over generations and ancestors and whatnot. But how? But how? Like, how would those people have? Yeah. Was it started by a rich group of? Yeah, probably. And then they just like put all their money in a four hundred one k a thousand years ago, and here, <laughs> here it is. <laughs> even when, even when Wesley first shows up, and he's like, "So is this the front? This textile plant is this the front?" And maybe it is. And again, with this great plot, that's never really flushed back out of just like, oh textile and thread over one and thread over other is binary code for zero and one yeah. alphabets. Why, why did we need to do that? Though? Yeah. Like, there, what, there's a lot like, of plot holes like, in this movie. Like, I'm not why, denying that. Why didn't we just strike that from the script? Also, if this is supposed to be an underground, it's a thousand years, no one has ever heard of the, they've kept it secret for a thousand years, and yet all of their kills in this movie are wildly public. Yeah. Like, wildly public. One guy is literally in a conference room and gets like... 
Get yeah. shot. Can we also glass. talk about the the train scene where basically like hundreds of people died right. into a gorg? <laughs> right. Oh, uh, you know what else? Who caused that? I don't know. Yeah. What was up with with the scenes on the uh, top of the L as well, where they're like on the train? Yeah, like the what? training scenes. Yeah, like what? Yeah, why? They're, tra- they're trying to train him to be able to slow things down slow things and interact with the surroundings. And actually, there's a whole discussion to be had about the training in this movie. So he he becomes like. <laughs> This is like Karate Kid or Rocky training. They even had the speed test. You know, like in Declan, I don't think you've seen Rocky 2. No. But Rocky and Rocky 2, the whole thing is you got to get greasy, fast, speed. You got to get speed. So he's got to get faster. And so his old trainer, Mickey, unleashes chickens in the backyard. And like, so his training is like, can he he catch the chickens? he He does that for Creed and Creed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, And like in this movie, it's, you know, can you. Can you grab the the, the wood bullet. block or the bullet or, or whatever the, bullet, the hell it yeah. is out of the thing or the thing? I didn't even yeah. mind that one. Well, that, but he had so the training consisted of right away they just beat his brains in. They just repairman. They just beat his brains in the repairman. Then they stab his hand with a knife. They bring over old dead bodies for target practice, so he can know what it's like to put a bullet through an actual body, which is ter- terrifying. Uh, Angelina Jolie shoves him onto the top of that train, which. By the way, like he hit, so she bends. She does the the, the limbo underneath when yes. they're going into the tunnel, the concrete tunnel. Yes. She bends underneath it. He hits the concrete tunnel. Yeah, he'd be dead. It doesn't yeah, die. You totally. would be dead if that happened. And then, and then they and then Jolie kicks his ass again with brass knuckles after they get back here. And so this is all That's part great. of an initiation plan to toughen him up, make him faster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the scene where he dumps his girlfriend that was pretty good. That was pretty good. He comes back in. His, his work buddy is sitting in there half Chris naked. Chris Pratt. Yeah. I love that it's Chris Pratt, too. Chris Pratt. Totally didn't realize that when I first saw it. And, and then Angelina Jolie walks in, makes out with him in his old apartment right yeah. next to his old girlfriend. Power move. And then his the buddy. The thing I don't get about Chris Pratt, too, is, is so when Wesley initially quits his job, he tells his boss to F off, and then he takes his keyboard. Yeah. And, and because Chris Pratt was sleeping with his girlfriend behind his back, he takes his keyboard and rakes it across Chris Pratt's face, Correct. which would do a lot of damage, one would think. But the next time that you see Chris Pratt's character, he's fine. No, he's missing a tooth. Yeah, he's missing, oh, was he? He was missing his tooth. And, yeah, and I, did you guys watch the cable version with the commercials and stuff? No, I I watched these all legally on my okay. computer and prior accumulating a bajillion viruses. Yes, I did, but I don't think the version that I watched was censored. Well, they the, just had some commercials. The uncensored version of it had well it had a tooth coming out in slow mo, and then the keys in the air spelled out "F U." Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, and well, that did not show up on the USA I, version. Of I must have looked down during that part, or I missed it entirely. Uh, there's also the the bookends of of him googling his name and having nothing come up yep. at the beginning, and then go, and then the stand in googling his name and yep. also having nothing come up at the end, which is kind of a so it's it's depressed Wesley at the beginning, googling his name and seeing that nothing pops up, and it's sort of symbolism for you are nothing. Right. Like nothing. It's 2008 Google, so there's not as many things on the <laughs> internet about you. Right. Social media hasn't really blown up yet. Uh, and then at the end, I think the symbolism is he's actually accomplished a lot. He's become a trained assassin, but it's all very much on the down low, and it doesn't show up on the internet. Have you guys? How often do you guys <clears throat> check to see like what pops up? We should all Google our name right now and see what pops up here. Okay. Just for fun, okay? I haven't done it in a while. Uh, yeah, my first thing is my Twitter, and then my LinkedIn, which I haven't updated, and then Score North. There it is. So mine oh. is, uh, there's my Twitter, there's uh, there's my LinkedIn, Instagram, 
Uh, oh, there's a there's a Min Post story about how I replaced Jeff Dubay as Judd Zolgad's co-host at nine awesome. o'clock in the morning on 1500 ESPN. By whom? Uh, David Brower David from Brower Min, the time? Min Post. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah Brow Blog. That's my <laughs> that's my fourth one too. Nice. And then there's another one from City Pages where Phil Mackey blasts no accountability twins bloggers from 2012. They still haven't forgiven Ever, you for that. They have not, they're yeah. still mad they, at they me for that. Still, Evergreen story. I still stand by 80% of what I said, too, by the way. <laughs> they are still very I love Twins bloggers, but I was you. very mad in 2012 about something. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, all right. Um, any, other, any other thoughts from this movie? Good or bad? The credits any were, other themes? The credits were awesome. Where, <laughs> that's how I felt about Rambo. I love the credits. Uh, was there a most satisfying death for you? Because there's a lot of people that die in this movie. Um. Actually, I, I would say uh, the wings of the flies were that so was pretty satisfying cool because we had a fly flying around our house last night. Oh, I was just worst, I was dude. mad at flies. So I can't take that. Yeah, his that was actually kind of cool. They he doesn't know that he's that he's got all these superhuman mental powers, and they hand him a gun and say, "Shoot the wings off those flies." And he's Shoot like, the "What?" Flies. Like yeah. never shot a gun before. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was actually I I was kind of hoping that Angelina Jolie and him would ride off into the sunset. Sure. Yeah. So I'm a little bit dissatisfied with her death. He should have died. So I'm very dissatisfied that they didn't kill him. I would say the best death was when he turned around and freaked out and shot his uh, Russian buddy. His his Russian buddy, who by the way was, was working covertly with his dad. Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. the the rats, Correct. the explosive rats. Actually, you know what? I enjoyed that death. The the rats exploding was probably the most enjoyable cool. death for me. I liked when he killed those rats when he kills Repairman and he actually just like points the gun right in his eye socket and then uses him as a human shield as he's plowing gross. through the textile plant. I thought that was pretty satisfying. <laughs> After he kicked his ass for the for the first forty five minutes of the movie, I really enjoyed that. Also, yes. Morgan Freeman saying "mf'er" is I wish I could cut that. And I know we're on podcast, so I probably really could. But the fact Morgan Freeman says you can shoot this "mf'er." Is one of the yeah. greatest things that I never. I bursted out in laughter when I saw that in theaters. I remember it vividly. By the way, we only need one shot of slow motion bullets colliding. It's not that cool. We don't need nine of them. It's not that. It's not. You don't have. It tried to be the. It was. It was the Matrix. It was right. Office but Space. Like you, you got to realize. Hey, if you've got a new special effect, go to town. Love it. But slow motion bullets colliding. All right. Once, yeah, okay. More than once, you'd come on. Yeah. Two, okay, two Academy Awards for sound mixing in this movie. Okay, let's actually make a pie chart of what this movie stole from to to create a convoluted plot. Okay, okay. okay. I don't know what the percentages are, but I know that it stole from The Matrix. Yep. I know that it stole from Office Space. Okay, I know that it stole from Karate Kid. And I had another one written down here too. The car chase scenes. A little are bit from of Fast what? and Furious. Fast and the Furious, yep. okay. for sure. Yep. Um, and then Let's I would see. even say like Tomb Raider, just because that was Jolie. That was Angelina Jolie's first. But sure. let's let's just show Angelina Jolie's ass a couple times. Yeah. It's like five percent Tomb Raider. Okay. Something so five. Like so five percent Tomb Raider. We got that locked in. Five percent Tomb Raider, and then we got four others. I would say fifty percent Matrix. So we're at fifty-five. Uh, 25% Fast and the Furious. Okay, so that's... Uh, 75? Uh, well, oh, no, 70, uh, 80%. 80. And so then 10% 20- Office Space, 10% Karate Kid. That's how I would... Is, that, is the Office Space a little older for you, Judd? Probably pretty good because the char- the, the main characters are the same guy. It's yeah. the exact same sure. guy. And and the boss that you can't stand is the exact same. Janice. We needed Lumberg in here, though. Lumberg would have been so much better yeah. than Janice. I need you to come in on Saturday. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Definitive bad guy rankings. So does this mean this means Morgan Freeman's the definitive bad guy, right? That's what I was going to ask. I think he is. Yeah. He's the bad guy. <laughs> and I love me some Morgan Freeman. Oh, good. And I guess if you get past some of the like if you zoom back out here and all right, what now that we know what kind of happened at the end and the we didn't know he was a bad guy until like the end right. but then we can kind of piece it all together. Right. So Morgan Freeman as the bad guy oversaw a thousand year old secret society of assassins and all the while at some point knew that he was on the kill list himself and so therefore started ordering putting out fake kill orders to distract from the fact that he was actually on the kill list. So he's cowardly. Um he's great as an actor, but his character he's he's cowardly. He doesn't show himself as a bad guy he, until later on. He rolled out of bed, didn't read the script and did this film. He's 100%. not he, he's not even really evil. Yeah, like he's it's, it's the worst one. And and I would say that when it comes down to like, all right, like what's he capable of? He's an idiot. Like he he got duped into walking into an office building yeah. and got shot from five miles away. Like he's a moron. I guarantee you his next five films were probably works of art because he made so much off Actually, can this you, film. Can I'm, you IMDB yeah. Morgan Freeman's next five films after this? Okay. He was rich by the time 2008 I, rolled around. Yeah, but you just he? keep, but I think you do films like this to, to keep the cash fl- uh, flowing in to then do films that you actually like. Yeah. I feel like him and The Rock, the, the movie we saw, The Rock, which yes. we did a few weeks ago. Those two bad guys are pretty much eerily the same person. Like they're just they're. Yeah, I can get with that. They they basically flake out and they're, and they're a little bit of frauds. So here's the ranking so far: Cyrus the virus is the number one definitive bad guy. Ivan Drago is number two. Dennis Hopper's character from Speed is number three. Angry terrorist Ivan from Air Force One is four. Yep. The corrupt senator from Hard to Kill is five. Chong Lee. From Bloodsport is six. Yeah. Bennett or Fat Freddie Mercury from Commando is seventh. Bodie from Point Break, that would be Patrick Swayze. And then General Hummel from The Rock, who just didn't have the guts to actually follow through on his mission. Russian military altogether in Rambo 3, which is like the Russian military literally got beat 400 to 1 ratio and yeah. didn't get any kills off as far as we That's saw. That's because Rambo's so good. So I would say he's probably, I would say he's. He's definitely smarter than the Russian military because the Russian military was the most incompetent yeah, villain I, we've seen so far. I agree with that. But I think General Hummel was, outside of just like chickening out, General Hummel had a little bit more awareness of what was happening around him. So I got I to put him second to last on this list. Chad? I might put him last, and here's why. The character itself while the people that wrote the film thought they were being smart, the character itself is so poorly written because... And, and what, what's Phil, the why? There's, la- there's no character Phil, development. Phil's last point, though, is is what takes him from being, oh, what a twist, he's the bad guy, to this sucks. <laughs> when he walks into the office, yeah. like, okay, so he's supposed to be this brilliant, he's been a lot, you know, older guy, he's done this for ages, he's in charge, and then he's going to get duped. I would put him last. I think the Russian military in Rambo 3 in their heart had better intentions than the Morgan Freeman character. This is not an indictment, by the way, of the actor. Okay. Beyond peril. Mm-hmm. Great actor. But this is an indictment of the fact that they thought they were being cute in writing the character, and I think they actually completely sabotaged it. I'd put him last. Sorry. Um, Declan, I think 
I, I, I still, so I say second to last, Judd says last, so it's up to Sporting you. Harris. Would you put him above or below the Rambo 3? This is I, your chance to get back I would, at Judd. I would put it above the Russian military for sure. Okay. Because he actually, he had like a plan of, I'm going to sabotage this guy and make him kill his own father, yeah. by the way, which is a pretty diabolical plan. So I would put him second or third to last. Okay. And that brings us to our 1 through 10 Seagull rating for this film. Here, I'll go mine. I'll, I'll do mine first since I, I think you two are going to just absolutely poo-poo this. I would give this a 6 out of 10. I give this 6 Seagulls. Okay. Because I think it does fit the brand of action movie. There are some crazy parts. But overall, the plot weighs it down, and it's just really not a great film. So I would say six Seagulls out of ten. Judley? Two. Oh, wow. That's I'll, actually more generous than I, I thought he was going to be. Me, I think he's I'll a negative it, one. No, no, no. I'll give it two. Two out of ten. It tried. <laughs> <laughs> it tried, and then it lost its way. So here's, all right, here's where I'm at with this. I'm giving it a three. Okay. And if it was, if it was just based on the action... And the effects and the fast-paced nature, it's like an eight. If it, if it's just those things, that's the potential to be an eight. Yep. yep. But but here's where it goes from an eight to a three for me. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't campy enough. Like it wasn't like Commando is tongue in cheek. You have either you either have to be tongue in cheek or you have to be all in. Like Rambo's not tongue in cheek, but Rambo is all in. Like you know what Rambo is. Like you know who he is. Right. You know, like he. You know what his mission is. This was so all over the place in different spots. Um, it just wasn't like it didn't fall into a category for me in that regard. I don't think this movie was iconic in the way like Con Air is iconic. It's Nicolas Cage, and it's one of the it's one of the most replayed movies and like recitable movies. It also has ten extra years to to gather steam. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I look at some of the other movies that we've done, Speed is iconic. I didn't like Speed, but Speed is iconic. Rambo is iconic. Rocky is iconic. Wanted is a movie. It's a movie. Like, it's an action movie. Yeah, what it is. And then the other thing that brings it down for me, so not iconic. It couldn't really pick a lane in terms of, it was, sometimes it was campy, sometimes it was serious. Like, it just it didn't have a t- good tone. The star of the movie, James McAvoy, right? That's his name, James McAvoy? Yep. Was overshadowed by... Two co-stars for me, Jolie and Freeman. If, if I'm trying to think of like, if you were to have replaced, I mean, hell, it was it borrowed fifty percent Matrix. If Keanu Reeves is that character, if Tom Cruise is that, if if you literally replace James McAvoy with, or like Tobey Maguire, like someone who's just yeah bigger Toby and Maguire. has more Topher, star power, Topher Grace. Like this is what it'd be like if we put Eric Foreman in this movie. Actually, Tobey Maguire. Now that I think about it, because you need someone who's kind of geeky and yeah. kind of and a that's loser, what they yes. but also can can rise up. Yeah. And I don't know, like it just needed a different star for me. I just like if you're going to put Angelina Jolie, but Jolie and was, Morgan Freeman but Jolie in that really ring was the star, right? But, like, again, yes. I, I think they got confused because... But then make her the star. They have, were, have it be a woman yeah. in the lead. I don't know. It just... So it's a three for me. It's a three for me. But I am glad that we went through this exercise because I think we learned a lot about secret fraternity assassination groups that Declan and I firmly believe do exist. Yeah, they 100% do. And if you are a member of one of these, if you could please send us a code of some kind on Twitter and just give us, like, a binary... Or join us. Yes, no, yes, no. Join us on the show. Uh, Judd, I believe it's your turn. To pick a movie for next week? It is. And I am going to absolutely positively help us clear our palate by picking a comp- absolute 1,000% iconic, to use your word, classic. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Roadhouse. All right. Heck yeah. 
Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Roadhouse is is going to check a lot of boxes. Lethal here. weapon, I, I considered, but I decided, you know what? I've been. I, I got to pull the bandaid off. Roadhouse. Roadhouse is going to check a lot of boxes. It's an absolute no brainer, iconic star of the movie. Uh, it's a movie that still gets replayed to this day on a regular basis, thirty years later. And in fact, another and it is character, very very corny, named Wesley. That's right, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Roadhouse. Well, that was uh, that was a deep dive into Wanted. <laughs> I can't believe it went that long. That's great, bro. Who's the man? I'm the man. Please, please, please strike faster. Please, please strike. Please strike faster. Please, 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 please understand that I care about my life. All right. Now we wrap with Roycey. Pat, are you there? I am here. I am in the backyard. What, hey, what are you doing? Hey, fill us in. Uh, I, I see controversy about amateur baseball here in the state of Minnesota. Fill, fill us in on the state of amateur baseball and whether we can play well, ball or not. You want me to? Well, we can if the uh, if the municipality that owns the ballpark gives the go ahead. Now, some of these ballparks are privately owned and they're planned, and some of them in the smaller towns have approval from their local government to play. But, for instance, the uh, Chanhassen Redbirds were supposed to play at Egan on Saturday, but on Sunday. But the uh, the uh, whoever is in charge, city manager, whoever it is in uh, in Egan said, nope, you're not we're not uh, you're not using our facilities until the governor gives the go ahead uh, and says that mid medium risk sports can be played. Meanwhile, in smaller towns. Uh, some of the ballparks are privately owned. Some of them uh, have smaller municipalities that are allowing their teams to play. The Stearns County League, of course, is out front on all of this, and they are playing a full schedule of uh, exhibition games. This is uh, it's been a political upheaval in the uh, in the Minnesota Baseball Association board since basically uh, March. And uh, in and, and in early April, uh, two long-serving members of the baseball board, John Richter, who was the president from Granite Falls, and his term was supposed to end in October, he resigned, and uh, so did uh, Dave Hartman uh, resign because of the uh, the uh, people, the the conservative folks on the board who said, "Screw it, let's play." And it was it caused a uh, tremendous uh, political upheaval in there. They went from nine members to seven. They still haven't replaced those guys. And uh, and finally, when Walls came out Wednesday, they all were expecting him to say June fifteenth. At least that was the rumor uh, a few days earlier. Mm-hmm. And when he said July, when he threw it, when he basically dismissed it out of hand and said, hopefully July first. All hell broke loose, and uh, the uh, the base the uh, there was a conference call on Wednesday night, and uh, it, it, they never really took a formal vote. There were some uh, disagreements on doing this, but uh, they agreed not to discipline teams uh, of the 275 teams they oversee if they chose to play games, and they just declared them exhibitions. Not for political reasons, but because for fairness, because some teams will be playing and some won't. So, anyway. Can they it. find umpires? I saw your tweet about uh, umpires. 
yes, they, the Northwest Umpire Association, which uh, basically is the number one thing, has not. They are not assigning umpires until the state uh, signs off on it. Now, these guys are independent contractors, and they can go umpire if they want to, but uh, without any protection from the Northwest Umpires Association. So that that would be independent. So if you're an umpire and want to go pick up your 150 bucks or whatever you get, you can go do it as an independent contractor. But, uh, you know, if you take one off the head and get laid out and taken away in an ambulance, the Northwest Umpires Association isn't going to help you. So. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you find one, a good... Here's, here's one other thing I heard. Teams are having a hard time getting catchers. Because of the position, I, I heard about a prominent catcher on a prominent team. Uh, I, won't, I won't mention who it is, but he's you know he's a guy in his thirties. He's got young kids at home now, and, and he doesn't want to be back there getting spit on. So uh, a, a really good team is looking for a catcher. So anyway, uh, did you find a game to hit up tonight? I am heading to Stearns County, the hotbed of chaos. Uh, that's. Uh, only 11 miles from the bar where the guy was going to open, right? Uh, no. Remember, remember that big thing in the middle of May that they had the big thing? Uh, in Albany, right, Pat? Yeah, that was in Albany, and it's 11 miles from St. Martin, and I think St. Martin has some Albany players on it, so I'm going to go up there. Now, for some reason, these dumbass farmers aren't starting till 8.30. I don't know. What? 8.30. 8.30. What is this, 1963? Yeah, like an old old school I mean, twins game. You're not putting in crops at this time of year. You're done with that, yep. and you're you're not taking them out yet. So I have no idea what they're up to, but uh, I don't know. There might be a wedding. You know, I did a long piece on Stearns County League uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, basically, if you were married to a ball player or anybody associated with the team. You did not get married between uh, April 15th and Labor Day. And uh, and if, if some woman talked to her, uh, you know, because not only does the, the player, his teammates show up, but players from all around the county show up for these weddings, but only during baseball season. But maybe somebody uh, scheduled, uh, you know, maybe some old timer was getting married for the second time and scheduled a six o'clock church wedding in St. Martin or something. I don't know. Hey, what's this I see on Twitter about you now doing yard work and what's going on with you? Well, we made an investment uh, on the, uh, on, on uh, some new nursery stuff, you know, a few little, we cleaned out the back and put some little trees up, really little trees and then some bushes. And then she got the flower pots, right? Yeah. And then there's other stuff around and, she didn't. She ain't moving good. She still got the bad ankle. So uh, I had to do it, man. I was out here a half hour watering, and that, as I said on Twitter, exceeded my previous lifetime total for water watering. That's <laughs> <laughs> something that has been part of my life. I mean, that is something that the bride has always been able to do, right? And uh, in this case, uh, we, this case, you know what I'm doing, Jed? protecting my investments because <laughs> uh, these things need water. We don't want them dying. With Never thought you would die. go this far to protect an investment, Patrick. Uh, well, it's, uh, you know, we, we, we can't let them die when they're three foot high. You know, you gotta, you gotta get a little growth out of these damn things and they all want water. So Pat, what's, what are some of the other things that I feel like sports media people in general just aren't very handy. Oh. 
<laughs> what are some so, of the other things so you, you're ashamed to to admit? Well, my uh, stepson was telling me uh, yesterday when I was talking to him. He said he was how he wanted to buy this toolbox loaded with stuff, to, you know, because he's been kind of a handy guy. And I said, "Why don't you come and take ours out of the basement? It's been sitting there for 25 years." <laughs> and I, I think I took a pliers and a screwdriver out of it. <laughs> nothing else. Is nothing else in this thing has ever been used. Just come and grab this damn thing. What the hell? You know. I, I I can't do anything. It's it's uh, it's it's both knowledge of I don't know how this stuff works and not having the patience never lead and read instructions or uh, you know not having the patience how to learn how to do anything. I just you know like here's what happened. I was I grew up in Fulda, and you know my brother was my dad my five-year-old brother my dad worked his ass off doing all kinds of stuff but when i came along he had two guys in town that worked for him right they, they dug his graves and cleaned everything and did fix stuff frankie brees and uh and uh georgia no what was burns his name uh what was he he was he was he was a tick off but he was a good guy but uh they did all the work so i never did any work i once in a while i'd mow you know mow the boulevard or something along yeah but that was it i never did anything and then i you know then, then i found out you can hire people to do this stuff so what the hell i can mow that's all yeah. i can do is mow we mowed for we mowed for quite a while and i i gave the wife three mows a year right i'd tell her i'd do it three times i mow the lawn all you know she had to do the rest right she wanted to mow so but then uh then uh, when she broke down and uh, didn't want to mow anymore, but when we had when we had our mowers, we went through three because when they went start in the spring, I'd go buy a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I think rookies got one of mine. My stepson's got one of mine, and I don't know what happened to the other one. But we don't have any mowers left anymore. But I had three at one time in the garage in the. In the little shed back. No lawnmowers, no hammers, no tape measures. <laughs> it's a perfect house. A, He's I got bratwurst, though. He's got plenty of bratwurst. And they're charred. <laughs> I might be living in uh, living in a guy I should be living in a condo downtown like some people I know. But yep. not. So. Uh, so, uh, well, we uh, we got to run, Pat. What, uh, what's happening with our baseball? Nothing. Nothing today so, that we've seen supposedly, so far. Supposedly. There, this, was, this week was it, right? We have yeah. an agreement this week. Yeah. I, I saw a bunch of tweets this morning on Friday that there's supposed to be an offer from the owners today, but if the players don't take that after like four days, they're going to um, impose the 48-game schedule. Nuclear option. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Oh, well, that'll be good. It certainly was an exciting draft, though, wasn't it? The nation was just uh, absolutely. It was riveting. It was yeah. riveting, for sure. <laughs> Nothing like absolutely a baseball draft. Gripped. Yeah. Just take a quarterback. All right, Jack. All right, have see you, Pat. See you. All right, that's wrapping with Royce. By the way, I, I have put together, I don't know why I didn't do this before, because we've been keeping all of our ratings for Action Movie Rewind, like all of us, even going back to when Rami was doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I have taken the average composite score for each movie here on a 1 through 10 Seagull scale. And this is the order, starting at the bottom, going all the way up to the top. Okay. Bloodsport was, I would say, our least favorite, your least favorite, because I gave Bloodsport like a 9. Everybody else gave it like a 3. Yeah, so it was Bloodsport. Ter- it was awful. Wanted, second to last. Rambo, three, third to last. Air Force One, The Rock, Con Air, 
then all of these next ones are an average rating of seven or above on our scale. Okay. Speed, Point Break, Rocky Four is third, Hard to Kill is second, and Commando is number one on this list so far. Commando. Commando was a 9.2. Dude, Commando fit the bill it really perfectly. Did. It, did. it did. Simple. It did. Love it. Spoof. All right, we got to run because for Purple Daily, we are going to talk to Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. So if you want some Vikings discussion, daily Vikings discussion in your feed, including Daniel Jeremiah talking about why he thinks Dalvin Cook can be an MVP candidate, why don't you buzz on over to our Purple Daily feed or go to our YouTube channel filled with Purple uh, Daily conversations, youtube.com slash score north. We'll see you next week. I'm Mackie and Judd. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.